The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the host of this program do not necessarily state or reflect those of this station or its management. Bringing you controversy at its best with uncensored music, comedy, and political discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outlaw Radio for the 27th of November, 2021. I'm your host, Bad Billy, and I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Got a great show lined up for you this week. In just a little bit, you're going to hear an interview that I recorded with Todd Barrow. He's a country music singer out of Texas. We had a great conversation. In the second hour, I brought back Brett Sessoms from Mississippi, I wanted to talk with him more about the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse verdict as well as uh, talking about that asshole monster Daryl Brooks Jr. In the third hour, we got the Steve solution, and he's got an interesting topic for us. Before we get to any of that, I want to cue one of the latest singles by Todd Barrow. This is Parrot Bay. Now I'll be back with the interview with Todd Barrow right after this. And we go a little something like this. Hit it. And now, from a rented basement, because Bad Billy's mom threw him out, it's Outlaw Radio. Getting tanned, barefoot walking, covered up in sand. Through the salt water splashing on my face. She's got a two-piece ribbons, no better place. Oh, what a beautiful life! We're from all of the strife, hanging by the ocean, soaking in the sun. Tourist everywhere having that island kind of fun Palm trees blowing all day Right here In Parrot Bay We're at the tiki bar my tight hand Watching the waves jamming with the band Boys drifting close to the shore. Good times kicking back like never before. Oh, I'm feeling so high. I can 
thrill seeker rocking out to the station i hear you you're probably even sipping on a drink right now an average blah blah drink in a can or bottle one that doesn't quite hit the spot for you i'll bet you want something different don't you something more take your shot with cold cock whiskey the best whiskey anywhere why because it's different from other liquors cold cock whiskey is herbal whiskey 100 all natural herbs blended with aged american whiskey no more morning after sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cock's blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be in herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at spirit stores and distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there who need practical advice. And yes, I'm talking about you. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. Porn couldn't be that bad for you, or there wouldn't be so many nuns in it. Ooh, is that Mr. Holland? Yes, ma'am. Please don't touch. Words of power. They have meaning. A people which is able to say everything becomes able to do everything. Freedom of speech. Freedom of expression. Right to free speech. It guarantees everyone a voice. In 1852, Frederick Douglass spoke out against the injustices of slavery. In 1873, Susan B. Anthony argued the prejudice of voting laws. In 1963, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. helped to end segregation laws. These voices changed history. Make your voice heard. For more information, visit www.freedomofspeechpsa. So you go into your sporting goods or firearms store to get that gun and ammunition you've been wanting to buy, only to find out that the store doesn't have it. Worse yet, the shelves are bare. They're empty. Ugh. Well, that's why there's GunBroker.com. You want it? GunBroker.com's got it. Guns, gun parts, ammo, ammo storage, reloading equipment, binoculars, scopes, sights. Did I mention guns? Pistols, rifles, handguns, shotguns, machine guns, paintball guns, archery supplies, tools. 
collectibles, jewelry, watches, even musical instruments and gear. Yes, GunBroker.com has those too. I'm telling you, they have it all. There are even auctions where you can bid on certain items. The folks at GunBroker.com know their stuff. They've been in business for over 20 years with over 6 million happy registered users. Why not become one of them? GunBroker.com. Go there. Check it out. Register today. It's 100% free. GunBroker.com. GunBroker.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliated with My Patriot Supply. Are you prepared for the next unplanned emergency? As we speak, inflation is rising and the grocery store shelves are stocked less and less every day. The time to prepare is now. Go to www.outlawradioabs.com, visit the store section, and click on the My Patriot Supply banner and purchase yourself some buckets of delicious gourmet food with a 25-year shelf life. You can also purchase other essential supplies you can use during times of unplanned emergencies. Supplies such as the Alexa Pure water filtration system, first aid and medical supplies, solar power supplies, and much more. Again, go to www.outlawradioabs.com. Visit the store section and click on the My Patriot Supply banner. Don't be left in the dark. Get yourself and your family prepared for the next unplanned emergency today. I'm Nick, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard Parrot Bay by Todd Barrow, and it is my pleasure to welcome Todd Barrow to the show. Todd, how you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm doing great. So glad to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for those who are not familiar with Todd Barrow, why don't you give a little background to the listeners a bit about yourself? Well, I, I started out in, in actually in pop music, believe it or not. And um, I had an encounter with a famous uh, country artist out of Nashville that I learned later was born in Cleveland, Texas, where I'm from, or, or from Texas, actually. And Sonny Burgess, uh, which is now a good friend of mine, um, he kind of pulled me under his wings, uh, who worked with Charlie Pride and Randy Travis and um, Joe Diffie, and and the list goes on, uh, Tim McGraw. And so he he said, you know what? He goes, he goes, you need to be in country. And I and I I really didn't like country music, uh, honestly. When I was, I, I I liked some of it growing up, but but as a performer, I wanted to do more, more of a pop mainstream kind of thing. But I learned that country music just has such a, a, a the roots of it is so important, and and what it 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 just strikes the heart, you know, to the core. And he brought me uh, into this uh, arena of country music, so that's that's why I do what I do today uh, in country music because of Sonny Burgess. Well, that's interesting. Very interesting indeed, because I did want to ask you some questions along those lines too, because when I I listen to your style of music, I don't I don't hear to I don't hear today's influence, uh, say, like uh, like tra- like Travis Rhett, who's definitely I think more pop. I mean, if I've said this before and I'll say it again, I mean his voice is country, but his music is not. You um you know. 
what I hear when I listen to you is uh, mostly what I what I remember from the '90s. You know, uh, from uh, st- maybe something that started with Chris Ledoux. Um, you know, and then uh, artists like yeah. uh, Clint Black, uh, even mm. Gar- Garth Brooks, George Strait. Yep. You know, I hear I hear more of a uh, country and rock and roll in in your music that uh, I, I remember from the 90s than uh, than today's era where it's more mixed with pop yeah absolutely um, I mean George Strait um, I mean, the king of country I mean uh, Chris Ledoux uh, all those names are your your uh, Clint Black um, and then and I've met Garth Brooks a couple of times I, I helped uh, put together a studio and production center there in a hospital here in Fort Worth, Texas with Sonny. So, um, yeah, you're, you're on track right there because yeah, it's, it's country rock. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, there was a song that said, uh, that country artists, uh, or country cowboys love country cowboys love rock and roll too. You know, <laughs> I mean, and, 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 and that's true because, because to me, rock and roll and blues and country, it, it all kind of comes together. And I think Elvis Presley uh, was the best package of all of that. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Yes. Yeah, well, you know, um, yeah, that, that song you're referring to, even Cowboys Like a Little Rock and Roll, uh, he did that with the, the late Charlie Daniels. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because I was, I was listening to, uh, to an interview with Chris Ledoux's son, and uh, basically I never thought about it, but uh, he said that his dad had just had uh, pretty much founded the genre of what they call rodeo rock and roll. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. I've never heard that. That's awesome. Yeah, because, because you know, you, you listen to him. <laughs> because they, you know, Chris Chris Ledoux before he before he uh, got involved in music, he you know he was in rodeo and. Absolutely. Oh, I know. Yeah, I I've watched him perform uh, on a bull and and on a guitar. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. That's cool. It, it 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 disappoints me too because he's one of my favorite country artists of all time. You know, and it's like uh, it's like he he doesn't have. The recognition he he deserves, even unlike uh, Roy Orbison, who unfortunately got more recognition after he passed away. It's like uh, Chris Ledoux kind of stayed where where he was at, just didn't get, just never really got the recognition I or respect that I think he was due. Yeah, I, I and and I think that's true because um, after his death, he became more famous after his death than he than he was when he was was you know here present doing what he was doing and um that's unfortunate but um but definitely has an influence still today on on the um country music scene oh most definitely most definitely mm-hmm. so um i i gotta i gotta ask you as we know uh these past couple of years haven't uh, treated the entertainment industry so well you know with with this COVID stuff going on and all that, uh, obviously you had to t- you had to take some time off. But uh, what are the what would you say are the positives you could take uh, over these past couple of years? Yeah, I would I would have to say that um, looking uh, 
deeper into myself, you know, to understand what do I need to communicate once this thing lifts because it, you know, it, it, eventually it's going to lift and there's going to be some, some more areas to explore, but just intellectually in my heart and just, just digging deep into songwriting. I, I really, really dug deep into songwriting and, and more on the, on my guitar skills, practicing um, endlessly um, to be a better per, uh, guitarist and, and performer and, and understanding that there's going to be some kind of message to come from it. And, and since that time, I've learned that getting back out on the road and performing live music and, and live uh, uh, situations and venues, that people are responding just crazy and, and want more country. Um, which is, I, 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 I don't understand it, but they want more country music because I, I think that that is what we identify with when we go through these hardships and times like this, that, that people can identify and go, you know what, gosh, man, what, what can we say about this? How about a country song? Yeah, it says everything. You know, <laughs> you know it tells it all. It's a story and a song. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, people need to realize too. There's there's more to country music, and even uh, old school country music. There's more to it than my wife left, my dog died, and all I can do is drink. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, um, but so uh, since uh, you know, since the start of 2020 up until now, uh, how? How many times would you say have you had the opportunity to get out and perform? Um, I started, I guess, about three months ago, um, getting back out on the road. And um, I get pitched uh, weekly, if, if not daily, opportunities to get get on the, on the road and go play. Um, owners or uh, booking agents you know uh, even even rock and roll uh, venues reaching out to me and I'm like rock and roll really you know <laughs> so um, it it's it's just got kind, kind of crazy I mean people are just they just want they want that uh, that vibe and that entertainment uh, experience you know and just to connect in that, uh, the energy, um, which I bring, you know, every time I play, you know, I'm always bringing energy, uh, on the stage or, or, or whatever event I'm at, you know, and, and I just want people to have a good time and just try to express myself through music. And then, and then, um, uh, there's just such this amazing, uh, the reward from it is just, it's just awesome. You know, it's not about the money, honestly. It's just, it's just about connecting with people and them having that experience, and then them them wanting to go. Man, I want to come back. I want more of that. You know. Well, you know, I remember Greg Allman saying too is 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 what the uh, energy of the fans got him through uh, uh, tough times too. Like uh, he. Uh, prior to a gig, he'd suffer from an abscessed tooth, but once he started playing, that pain was gone, and he didn't need to take anything 
to get rid right. of it either. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it, yeah. It's a, it's a natural, uh, uh, kind of anesthesia, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm, and I love the Allman brothers. Oh, don't, Oh my God. Love those guys, man. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, so, uh, no, so now that, uh, you know, COVID is starting to lift, it ain't gone by a long shot. In fact, unfortunately, I hear of another variant coming out from South Africa. But uh, nonetheless, the, cl- the clouds are still lifting. And uh, it's right. And thing- things are uh, looking up for you, it sounds like. Right. And, and, and I've done the, uh, the shots. I've, I, I took the vaccines um, just to take precaution which I encourage anybody to do. Um, it's not a political thing. Just, mm-hmm. just saying, um, it can save your life. Uh, the vaccines can save your life. Just like a, if you're going to have a, you know, a, a shot for uh, the flu or something like that. Um, it's very important, and I've, you know, I've, I've done everything I can do to, to, to protect myself. You know, wearing a mask and all that, and and um, but but uh, you know, again, it, it what's important is that people get together again. You know, we need that social interaction, and uh, shows and events and concerts and things like that. Uh, it it just brings people together and and just um, makes us better. I believe. Yes. Yes. Now uh, I've had this conversation with many a Texans before. I'm, I mean, I t- I'll tell you that uh, I, I spent I traveled I traveled across this country, but the longest stretch of road I think it ever felt like was going from Texarkana to El Paso. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> that, yes, that almost seemed endless. I mean, go, going yeah. going from uh, my home state of Idaho to uh, Connecticut. <laughs> didn't seem as long as that stretch of road, believe me. <laughs> oh, I agree. But, no, I get <laughs> I've driven that road. Yeah, it's a long road. <laughs> I mean, te- Texas is just, it, Texas is, is its own place. Uh, you can say just like, almost like its own country, you know. Right. And it's. We call it Texas America. Yeah. You know? it's, it's just, Yeah. It's its own state, but but it's huge. It's massive, and it's and I've driven so many so many roads, and 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 you can any any city you can think of. I've been to that city here in Texas, driving it to play. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Have, have you pretty much uh, co- covered the whole territory from like Amarillo to Corpus Christi? Uh, you mm. know. Uh, from the east side to the west side and all that. Yep, yep. I, I've 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 been everywhere, man. <laughs> you know that song. I've been everywhere, man. I think uh, I think it was Johnny Cash that, that did that 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 song. Yeah. But but yeah, I've yeah I've done done all the territory. But the thing I love about Texas is that um, there's always something to experience in every city or town that they have to offer, you know, they have their own identity and their own, you know, uh, the, the way that they, they do things in their cities and towns. And, um, it's, it's, 
it's just a lot of variety, which as a as an artist I love because I love variety. You know, I mean, I don't want the same thing every day. You know, give me something different, right? And Texas will definitely give you that for sure. <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> but I love other other. I, I mean, I've been I've been in other uh, uh, cities and um, uh, states. Uh, and, uh, of course, Nashville. I played in Nashville, Memphis. Um, oh. I, I love I love Memphis and Nashville and California and New York. And, I mean, there's all kinds of things to do there, too, as well. But but Texas is my home. Yeah. It's my home. I was, I was about to ask if you had the opportunity to expand outside of Texas, and you just answered that. But uh, <laughs> one thing I'll share with you really quick was a uh, – a stop in Abilene, Texas, and uh, can't remember where it was where I stopped to eat some diner, but I, I they gave it for for a very reasonable price. Reasonable price, they gave me this huge steak. <laughs> oh, good. oh man, good. Yeah, we're known for that. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's bigger in Texas, you know. That's what they say. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Yeah, right. Abilene's a good place. I, I, I like Abilene. Um, there's a good barbecue place there, too. Uh, very, very popular barbecue place in Abilene, too, as well. But, um, yeah. So you, you mentioned uh, Memphis. Of course, I lived there for a short period of time as well. So when you performed there, was that on Beale Street? Bell Street, yeah. B.B. Um, King's place. Oh, yeah. Oh man, nice. He's got a place there, and um, and then of course I got to go visit the Sun the Sun Studios, um, where Elvis you know recorded his music, and I mean I just I'm telling you I just fell in love with with Memphis. Um, I just love blues. You know I love blues music. Uh, ZZ Top, of course, from Texas. Uh, Billy Gibbons is a good friend of mine, and um, you know it, it was just 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 uh, some good times, just good vibes. Uh, heading towards Nashville, always stop in. I always stop in Memphis. We always stop in Memphis. You know, we cross that yeah. bridge oh, right yeah. into Memphis, and um, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about right there on the Arkansas border. I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, but I mean, Texas is known for uh, great artists, you know, and many of them too, from Buddy Holly to, uh, you know, I mean, Texas is where yep. one of my favorite metal bands originated, Pantera. You there know, you go. You know, yeah, but, Dime, Dave, yeah, yeah, Dimebag, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but Tennessee, I think, is is like the birthplace of. Uh, of uh, maybe our 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 major genres, you know. T- I mean, t- Tennessee is like w- where I think this the seed got planted. You know, I mean, you got Memphis, you got the blues, you got mm-hmm. uh, some of the greatest country in Nashville, and of course, you want to get even more country uh, bluegrass roots going out to towards Knoxville. You know, so that's, right, that's where it started. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 so. And, and what's crazy is this: there's been this war going on between Texas and Nashville. You know, I don't know if you're aware of it, but but uh, 
there's a lot of artists that won't go to Nashville to perform and a lot of artists that won't come to Texas to perform because they think, you know, it's, it's almost like a gang thing. I don't know what it, like a territorial thing. You know what I mean? Like, like, no, we don't do that. You know, you've got to do it this way or, you know, you can't do it at all. You know, like this, like this gang war thing going on in, in country music between, and it's been going on for years and I felt it and I've been told and warned and said, you know, don't, don't ever try to do a Nashville kind of, you know, sound because you'll be excluded from Texas <laughs> and then don't ever do it a, a, a Texas exclusive thing. Cause you'll be, you know, forbidden to come to Nashville. And I'm like, why is that? What? <laughs> and, 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 and what's crazy is that when I go to Nashville and talk to, talk to the uh, producers and artists and engineers and, and, and folks, you know, in a live music setting, and they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I know, right? So it's almost like I, I, I just don't get it, you know? And, and somebody told me, they said, look, if it's good music, it's good music. Why not just play it? What, what's What's the deal? You know, it's kind of interesting you're saying that, too, because, I mean, what you're finding out from this conversation is I've I've lived a lot of different places. <laughs> but uh, I also lived uh, five years in Vegas, and uh, long before Trump's presidency, there was, there was this rivalry between him and uh, Steve Wynn that still goes on to this day, and they have this this agreement to where Trump's not supposed to own any casinos in Vegas. Steve Wynn's not supposed to own any casinos in Atlantic city. So, Interesting. Uh, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know who started the fight. You know, I don't know when it began. I don't know you know, how it all began to evolve, but it's, it's, it's a definite, it's very real. It's a very real situation. And so what I've done is, is, and I've, I've recorded in Nashville, played in Nashville, you know, and just try to do the best I can to kind of bridge the, bridge the gap between what's, what's going on. And I will say this though, and and going back to you know Clint Black and all those the other artists we were we were, li- were you know listing, um, that I do think that country music has gone off the rails in Nashville a bit. I do think that I think it's they're so focused on on a on a hip hop rap country kind of sound. That I mean that's 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 been proven. They, they really trying to prove, you know, that like they're going to be the mainstream of, you know, of pop music. Um, and in Texas, you know, we have tried to hold down that country sound, you know, keeping it, you know, to the roots and, and, um, more, more, uh, um, Oh gosh, what's his name? Well, I'll, I'll just say Johnny Cash, you know, yeah. just going back to those days, you know. Yeah. So it's been a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Well, you know, I mean, I know what you're talking about, too. I mean, there's this uh, genre they call hip hop. I think uh, Cowboy Troy started that phrase, you know, and I, I do like a, a lot of the country rap artists, you know, especially uh, New Breed and Jesse Howard are just awesome. Um, but, uh, 
I think uh, the because first and foremost, you know, I, you're talking to somebody who's been listening to Slayer since he was eight years old. You know, so oh, there you. I I, <laughs> I love metal. I absolutely love metal. And there's well, I love Metallica. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> there's this Metallica. Metallica it, it wins it to me. That to me, give them the trophy. I mean. <laughs> I love Metallica. I think they're amazing. But uh, there, there's this genre that you may not have heard of. They call it dark country, where basically what they, what they do is they combine heavy metal with country music. And uh, really, yeah, dark country. Wow, interesting. Yeah, I mean, if you go to if you go to YouTube and you you just punch in dark country, you're gonna hear okay. some. You're gonna you know you'll hear some songs that. Uh, I mean, they're they're great songs, but also, I mean, not not only are they are they dark as what they call the genre, but you listen to the lyrics, and uh, you know they got a song called "Hang 'Em High," and uh, you know songs about being wanted outlaws and things like that. So it's it's called huh. it's called dark country for a reason. The lyrics are dark. Okay, I got it. Well, most most metal lyrics are dark, so. <laughs> That's hand in hand. Uh, well, you can huh. you can say Johnny Cash may have uh, had his hand in that a long time ago. Well, Johnny Johnny Cash to me was just just a true troubadour of of you know country and um, just making a stand um, and and believing what he did and 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 he never. He never backed down, you know. It's like a John Wayne, you know, in a western in western movie, you know, not backing down. And I think that's, to me, that's appealing. I think um, any genre of music, I think that you do when you don't back down, and you're like, okay, this is our stand, this is what we believe in, and you know, put the flag in the ground. You know what I mean? It said Johnny Cash said he. he um, he's gonna gonna write it. He's gonna produce it. He's gonna record it his way, just like uh, you know when he went to when he went to Folsom to perform. You know he was yeah. he was advised time and time and time again, don't do it, don't do it. And mm-hmm. he's like, I'm gonna do it anyway. And let's see yeah. what let's see what happens if it if it uh, if it fails, I'll do something else. If it doesn't fail, I'll prove you. Then I just proved you wrong. Right. Yeah, he was not. Uh, he was not the uh, the corporate thing was not good for Johnny Cash. <laughs> corporate was not good, you know. Um, his formulas and you know, do it like this and you know, come on cue with this and yeah. And 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 that's a that's a problem I have with with a lot of the music or the advice or the direction of. Um, people in charge over music today is that they, you know, they want us so much control everything where there's really nothing left for creativity or even, you know, just anything extra out there. And, and to me, that's very sad. Yes. Yes. I, I hear you. I hear you for sure. I think uh, Johnny Cash definitely, uh, I think he had the, had the best approach and uh, really in, he influenced uh, future generations. You know, he, 
he paid he paid that way um you know to you know do do what feels right for you don't always listen to what uh, what they always say cuz they don't you know somebody else in the studio may not always know what they're talking about you know and absolutely you know i think uh, john i mean johnny cash was he was great when he started but uh, it was like uh in his last in his final days uh, when he uh, was with uh, uh rick rubin producing mm-hmm. everything yep. he did you know and rick rubin's a genius yes he is you know yes he is mm-hmm. I mean, chino xl told me that rick rubin's can be a pain in the ass but uh for all for good reason <laughs> yeah when he put out hurt that song hurt i mean come on there's there's nothing that can touch that song when he put out hurt um i was blown away and oh you know, yeah, I mean, uh, t- I didn't even know that was a Nine Inch Nails song at, at first. You know, cause, yeah. I mean, I I, I like uh, I like a lot of my uh, metal and some industrial, but I I honestly haven't been been the biggest fan of Nine Inch Nails, so I I had no idea they first did that song to to find out that Johnny Cash covered it and actually did it better than they did. <laughs> you know? I agree. Oh yeah, I, absolutely he did. He smoked it. I mean, he just, I mean, it just puts, it's like a dart in your heart, man. It's just like, you know, he just nailed it. And every time I hear that song, it just, I just break down. It's just emotional and just everything, you know, musically that you want to, you know, come across uh, or can, and, and, and give to somebody. It's just, it's, it's amazing. Um, and, uh, but that's a true artist, you know. That's a real artist, you know. It's not somebody who wants to want, you know, try to be somebody. He is it. <laughs> He's giving it to you. You're like, I'm taking it, baby. <laughs> Come on. I mean, well, I'm going to use I'm going to use a word to describe Johnny Cash that uh, I have heard very. I have not heard anybody uh, use to describe him. Not to say that nobody has, but I'm going to say icon. Yep, I would agree. Absolutely, yeah. no, no doubt. He he's earned it. Yeah, he he's owned it. He 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 he. he that title is very fitting for him, um, and uh, <clears throat> and I wear his shirt often when I go out and play. I'll just wear a Johnny Cash shirt. You know, just just I'm an outlaw too. You know, in in my heart. You know, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I'm an outlaw. That uh, and that pic, that well, that one picture of him flipping the almighty finger. It's like, yeah, that's a great one. Oh, come on! I mean, <laughs> somebody needs to, <clears throat> yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, so, just a couple more questions here and we'll wrap it up. Um, so we talk about uh, I asked you earlier, um, about uh, upcoming gigs and all that. Uh, uh, what's coming up in the next few weeks that uh, you can give away? Um, well, I will be uh, performing at um, uh, Troy Aikman's bar uh, here in Arlington, Texas with my band. Uh, it's called Troy's, uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, at Texas Live. And Texas Live is a huge complex for sports, 
mainly the Texas Rangers here in Texas. But um, but Troy, he's got a bar there. Um, he's had me come out um, uh, a number of times to play. But um, this time I'm going to bring my band. And so looking forward to that. It's going to be a good time. Yes, yes. Final question. Say a group of kids ages 15 to early 20s approach you and tell you that uh, they want to start a band and break into the music business. What advice do you think you could give them? Wow. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I would say um, that, you know, you need to practice and you need to be really good. And if, if you're good, um, like really good, you'll, you'll get noticed, but you have to practice. I mean, you have to work hard at the craft. You have to, you know, you can't just think you're going to, you know, do something one night and then sleep and then wait another week. No, you need to be doing it like day by day by day and, and, and practice, 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 be so good at what you do that nobody else is can or or no one can ignore you. You'd be so good at what you can do that you can't be, you know, ignored. And um and it's just uh, those that make it in this business and those that are successful uh are recognized because they have worked so hard to to make that sound um unavoidable unavoidable and people just are are driven to it, you know, attracted to it. Um, so I would say just, just practice, be good at what you do and, um, and you can make it, um, once you have established your name or your brand or what you're doing, but, but practice and be, you know, be diligent with it and, um, be passionate about it. And if you don't like it, then, then, you know what, do something else, (laughs) walk away from it. But if you love it, man, be good at it. All right. I like that answer. Well, I want to thank you very much for your time here on the show. Uh, we're going to hit a music set here pretty soon where I'm going to play three more of your songs. Uh, before I get to that, why don't you uh, tell the listeners where they can find Todd Barrow. Or you got uh, you got a, got social media, Reverb Nation, iTunes, Spotify, got your website and all that. Yeah, that's that's exactly where you can find me. Uh, Todd Barrow Music uh, on Google. You can Google Todd Barrow Music. Uh, you can on social media, um, on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, anything that's related to social media today. You can find me and follow me. And send me a message. Say, hey, I heard your, your interview. I loved it. Or you didn't like it or <laughs> whatever you want to say. <laughs> but, uh, man, it's been a great great pleasure to be with, with Billy uh, here on this, this broadcast. And uh, so excited. Um, looking forward to other times to get together. All right. Sounds great. Well, hey, I want to wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. And, uh you know, I mean, I've been talking to many artists out of Texas, especially those that come up here to Idaho to perform at Highway 30 Music Fest. In fact, maybe I should get the get the attention of uh, Gordy Schroeder to see if we can get you booked here for in Idaho for something he does because he takes a lot of trips to Texas, 
and uh, cool. and his book, Many a Texas Artist, uh, be, here in I Idaho. I love it. Yeah. Let's do it. Yes. Well, hey, thank you so much. Best of luck to you, and we'll, we'll be speaking again in the future. Thank you. Happy holidays, everybody. Yes, same to you. All right, take care. <laughs> All right, friend. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have the interview with Todd Barrow. Going to go to our first music set. Coming up, we have three more songs by Todd Barrow. Plus, I have new tracks from Diamante and Burden in the mix. Be right back after this. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio, and if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Hey, do you kiss your girlfriend with that mouth? And recently, every year, it's followed by a slew of spoiled jackasses taking to Twitter and other social media, bitching and complaining about the gifts they receive on Christmas morning. 
I can't believe my mother didn't get me the newest iPhone. She knew I wanted an iPhone, and all I got was the newest Samsung Galaxy. She's such a bitch. Lady, you just got a $400 phone, which your parents are paying a monthly bill for, and you've got the nerve to tweet complaints about it using that very same phone you just got. Really? Really? Frankly, if I was the parent of a spoiled bitch like that, I'd just take that phone right back to the store where I got it and come back with some lame-ass flip phone from the turn of the century. Here you go, you spoiled prick. Text on that! And, 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 you know, it, it doesn't just start and stop with phones. Clothes, toys, games, gaming consoles, cars. People are complaining about getting the wrong fucking color car. I wanted my Mini Cooper in red and they got me yellow. I hate my parents. You got a car. A fucking car for Christmas. I still have to take the fucking bus. Which is exactly what I'd be making this brat do from now on. Here's a bus pass, dick. Have fun sitting in the back with the angry gang of teens using a retro ghetto blaster to annoy the seniors for the next 12 months. You jackass. And, 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 and you know, you know, I get it. I get it. You expect one thing and get another, and it's disappointing. I get it. But seriously, save the complaints for the cheap scratchy wool sweater you know you'll never wear. Complain about the toe socks you just find weird and impractical. Complain about the eggnog and its lack of alcohol content. But, you know... When it comes to $400 phones, $20,000 cars, and pretty much anything over 50 bucks, keep your fucking mouth shut. I don't want to hear people whine and complain because they got the wrong phone, or they got the wrong gaming console, or the wrong fucking color car. It's free. You have no right to complain about it. And you know, if you don't want whatever you got, send it to my P.O. box, okay? I'll either use it or donate it to someone who can, okay? And, 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 hey, have you ever wondered why your parents have to get you stuff for Christmas? Have you? It's because Santa already knows you're a whiny little bitch and decided long ago to stop showing up to your fucking house when you complained about getting the wrong fucking Pokemon when you were six, okay? Santa hates you and your parents are just trying to keep up tradition so you don't feel bad. You know, j just be thankful they don't toss you in a dumpster with a bullet in your head, right? Merry Christmas! Send me your stuff because you don't want it. The guy who creates this cartoon is an artist and he doesn't make much money. He makes a little bit. But he could use a gaming console that you don't want. You little whiners. Another love taken to the grave. Another one goes right down the drain I keep making all the same mistakes Running out of reasons I can blame Thought I had a heart of gold Everything I touched turns to stone Is it my fault I always end up
Hey, fuck you, Pelosi. Fuck you, Kamala. Ain't no Bill Beck. Better fuck you, Obama. Fuck all them Clintons and fuck Biden too. If it's let's go, Brandon Hell, fuck Brandon too. Say it with me now. Popular, man, what you mean? And why you ranting and raving, saying you're losing your patience and blaming unvaccinated cause people dying? Why is Hunter Biden down in the basement? He's smoking crack cause he really a baser. That's your son, right? Oh, why you never talk about the millions he made overseas and brought it back to the yeah. stage? Y'all heard hey, a trade joke. Pelosi, oh. fuck you, Kamala. Oh. Ain't no Bill Beck, better fuck you, Obama. Come on. Fuck all them Clintons and fuck Biden too. If it's that's cold, Brandon, hell, fuck Brandon too. Say it with me now. You or need you Most the government They only ran by some demons They plotting and scheming And take the American dream And destroy the whole meaning Don't tell me you don't see it Turn off the news Don't tell me you believe it Y'all just try to steal The 2022 election Ain't no Democrats Ever being reelected It's how I feel about your mandates I ain't getting no bags I ain't wearing no masks Walking through the stores Try to bother me I might beat your ass I see a lot of wolves Now I know the sheep won't last I call a spade a spade I ain't just taking on Biden I love my country All this isn't just the ways That I'm riding Fighting for freedom Nah, I ain't for cloud, if it really come down to a boy, I'm hey, about fuck you, Pelosi, oh. fuck you, Kamala, oh. ain't no Bill Beck, better fuck you, Obama, come on. fuck all them Clintons and fuck Biden too, yeah. if it's that's cold, Brandon, hell, fuck Brandon too, yeah. say it with me now. Came to this land wearing everything he owned Dug in the moon run mines till he was 59 for black diamond blue coal stones Barely making rent, saved every cent by farm for the family When his days were done, he left it to his son Till it made its way down to me Not before I could walk, before I could climb of my time in the dirt sweet mother earth in the clay and the dust and mud in the dirt for all it's worth it's running through my blood it's where I race my car where I earn my scars and my denims and t-shirts good old boys need to make some noise we do it in the dirt Comes out, there ain't no doubt I'll be turning up the sod. At the end of the day, when it's time to play, four wheeling on the quad. Till my girl drops by with them sexy eyes that cut through me like a knife. Grab the ring I bought, take her to our spot, and ask her to be my wife. We'll lay on the ground, need the stars. 
There is no other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat, or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes, and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready, because it's just you, your hunter athletic gear, and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, hunter athletic gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, protection, and speed battle after battle hunter athletic gear is the brand celebrating your victory hunter athletic gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies including compression pants fight shorts hoodies vests caps and bikinis they can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business visit their website at huntermma.co.za gear up and let's train What news and information are your media dollars buying when the narrative is prescribed by the advertisers? Scripted lies, media brainwashing, and thought control. Take back your voice. Take back our media. But most of all, take back our First Amendment. Subscribe to Caravan to Midnight today for hard-hitting commentary free from political correctness and media bias as I and some of the most intelligent and interesting people on Earth delve deep into what really lies beyond the headlines. Three to four hour un interrupted and uncensored information join our ctm family today join the movement join the fight for freedom and independence caravan to midnight is media for the people by the people independent of commercial obligations or influence for less than a cup of coffee per month you can make a difference let the people fund the next news network help us grow help us create a platform where we place freedom of speech and thought first join the family at caravantomidnight.com A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the Second Amendment of the United States of America's Constitution. This Second Amendment, the right of law-abiding Americans to privately own and possess firearms, is under attack like no other time in America's history. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have pledged to take away your Second Amendment rights through gun bans, gun confiscations, and government regulations. Even a gun tax. Do not take this lying down. The time to take action and fight to protect your Second Amendment rights is now. Join the Second Amendment Foundation, the oldest and largest nonprofit foundation focused on protecting your Second Amendment rights. For more information, to join or to donate, visit saf.org. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliation with MyPillow. Mike Lindell supports America and we support Mike, but sadly him and his company have been victimized by this cancel culture. But that's not going to stop Mike from making sure you get the best sleep possible and now is the time to take advantage of those savings. Go to www.outlawradioabs.com. Go to the store section, click on the MyPillow banner and start your online shopping. Be sure to use the promo code OUTLAW and get up to 66% off your purchase. And if you act right now, you can get our standard MyPillow for $19.98, regular price $69.98. These pillows are made right here in the USA and are washable. So again, go to www.outlawradioabs.com. Go to the store section. Click on the MyPillow banner and start your online shopping. But remember to use that promo code OUTLAW to take advantage of those savings. Or you can place your order by calling 1-800-652-3982. And now a message for the men. Listen up, guys. Fact. As we men age, our IGF-1 growth factor levels decrease, which can lead to gradual deterioration of energy, muscle growth, and immune function. From Neutronics Labs comes a line of health supplements that make men men again. Deer Antler Velvet. Listen. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet contains the most concentrated source of widely diversified nutrition found in the plant or animal kingdom. Choose from Neutronics Labs liposome spray products. From the Ultra 10,000 Nanograms Package to the Platinum 300,000 Nanograms Package. They're also specially formulated supplements for joint pain relief, more energy, better stamina, better natural sleep, stress relief, and weight loss. For more information about these amazing products, visit keys2life.shop. That's K-E-Y-S, the number 2, life.shop. IGF-1 Plus Deer Antler Velvet Supplements from Neutronics Labs. Making men men again. Yo, baby, you've had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? Fuck the shit, fuck the fucking shit, fuck shit. You're listening to Outlaw Radio. Now buy a sewing machine, take it home, and cram it up your ass. Fuck shit, the shit, fuck shit. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, Gear Up, Let's Train, and Neutronics IGF-1, Making Men, Men Again. The songs you just heard, you just heard Todd Barrow with In the Dirt. Before that, Burden with Fuck Biden 2. Oh, God, yes, love it. Before that, Todd Barrow with Gonna Drive. Before that, Diamante with Unlovable. And starting off the whole set, Todd Barrow with Outlaw in Me. Yes, it was great talking to him. So in just a little bit, you're going to hear the conversation that I had with Brett Sessoms out of Mississippi, talking about the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict and, uh, of course, uh, the nut job. Or He's not a, no, he is a complete total monster. Um, Daryl Brooks, who... Uh, plowed his vehicle into the uh, parade. Despicable human being who's out on parole. Yeah, or not parole, uh, bail, excuse me. Yeah, completely despicable human being he is. Uh, For that, it is time to reveal... The Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week. And ladies and gentlemen, the Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week this week 
is Thomas Binger, who is the uh, assistant district attorney, <laughs> I guess, for uh, Kenosha County, Wisconsin. But he was the prosecuting attorney in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. And, uh, yeah, I have to agree with uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, just some moron trying to make a name for himself. So, uh, let's hear more about that uh, on uh, recent uh, edition of Tucker Carlson. Let's take a listen. Every shot that Kyle Rittenhouse fired in Kenosha in August of 2020 was caught on videotape. That's why he's a free man tonight. There was never any doubt, once you looked at the tape, that Kyle Rittenhouse acted in self-defense. But for political reasons, prosecutors in Kenosha ignored the evidence, and they charged Rittenhouse with murder and threw him in jail for more than 80 days. Then they hid evidence from the defense. It's an appalling, appalling example of prosecutorial misconduct. We asked Rittenhouse about that during our conversation last night. Here's what he said. What did you think of the prosecution? Um, in my belief, the prosecutorial misconduct in this case is ridiculous. They knew I was innocent, but they still decided to bring these charges to make their name, to, to have a name. They wanted my head on their shelf. There's this FBI surveillance plane. May I remind you, it is illegal to surveil US citizens, but yeah. the FBI still had a plane up and then they tried to twist it and say I was chasing down Mr. Rosenbaum. Never happened. And the funny thing is, we were not provided that drone footage until October, and they had it way before, and the FBI gave it to them, and they compressed that FBI drone video and gave it to us. They gave us a compressed version of that file. So they had a, a 4K drone that showed the shooting of Mr. Rosenbaum. Yeah. And then, do you know what handbrake is? No. So, Assistant District Attorney Cross had a software installed on his computer called Handbrake, and this is just speculation, but put two and two together. If we get a decompressed three, three, I think it's three megabyte file of the drone video when they have an 11 megabyte and he has Handbrake installed on his computer. Huh. We got an extremely decompressed version of the, the right. drone video. So, I mean, in a normal trial, I mean, that'd be grounds for a mistrial right there. I mean, exactly. you have to be provided the same evidence that the prosecution is provided by definition. Mm -hmm. And another very, very, very disgrace in this government is the FBI, with the FBI drone, they called the camera operator of that drone to testify. ADA Binger asked his questions, and then attorney Mark Richards, great attorney, phenomenal attorney, asked his questions. He asked about the tail number, the state objected, and they said he had a TUI letter from the state attorney, and we weren't able to ask him the, the tail number so we can submit our FOIA requests, which are still being appealed right now, so we can get the complete version of that night on the drone video. He wouldn't give us the tail number. They, we weren't able to ask him what the tail number was because of the TUI letter so, that, that we got the day he testified that supposedly disappeared from attorney w Natalie Wisco, no, another great attorney's email. It just completely magically disappeared from her email because the state said they emailed it, but we never got it. So dirty. What do you think motivated Binger? Assistant District Attorney Binger is a corrupt 
person who just wants to make a name for himself and not look at the facts. I used to be a fan of the prosecutors, not anymore. I believe yeah. there's still good prosecuting attorneys out there, but he is a prosecuting attorney that wants to make a name for himself and he's supposed to speak the truth and nothing but the truth. But he decided he wanted to lie and try to put me in prison for the rest of my life for defending myself. I mean, that must be shocking for you as a kid to realize the system can destroy someone who they know doesn't deserve to be destroyed just for political reasons. It's, it's sickening, because this is a case that never had, that shouldn't had, this is a case that has nothing to do with politics, but politics were brought into it for people's own agenda. And uh, definitely let's uh, continue this discussion on Outlaw Radio World News with Brett Sessoms. Here we go. Outlaw Radio World News. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this edition of Outlaw Radio World News, I am joined once again by Brett Sessoms out of Mississippi. What's going on, brother? Uh, not much. Just um, uh, just chilling. I watching, actually, uh, was watching a Tom Hanks movie, uh, The Burbs. It was a classic where uh, he's in the neighborhood. Oh, and yeah. Expect some of their odd neighbors are killers. It's a... Uh, one of his lesser-known films, but still pretty, uh, pretty awesome. Carrie Fisher, aka Princess Leia, praises white, plays his wife on that show. I remember that movie quite well. <laughs> the femur. This is Walter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute. That's not a. a I forget what that what it was in the night. That's not a rag or a rat. That's Walter's toupee. Yeah, that was uh, pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> yes. So anyway, over the past uh, few days, we've had a lot going on. First off, Brett, I want to I want to tell you something here. Um, you know, there's obviously uh, you know Tony D recently did that podcast on me where uh, you know Tony D is pretty much irrelevant, but uh, this man who calls himself Fresno, who I've mentioned many, many, many times on this show from the get-go, and I've upstaged this man. Um, you know, we're talking about a man who uh, turned against me and uh, filed false police reports against me, tried to have me arrested, tried to compromise my life in any way he could, and then uh, when he, he goes to prison for calling in a bomb threat to a Burger King and then gets additional time for urinating on another inmate... And thinks because he's blind, he can do pretty much whatever he wants. And, uh, you know, then he, he gets out of prison. He gets on the chat lines. And, of course, uh, I, don't, I don't have any welcoming for him at all. I'm, I'm basically telling him he can fuck off and go to hell. And he's like, let's just bury the hatchet because I don't want to argue with you anymore. And I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, let's... It's in the past, whatever. Then he turns around and uh, he had he, he all he has for, for a contact number for me is my Google Voice, but still he manages to get about two hundred fax calls uh, to my phone, just being annoying. And here he is in his geritol years pulling this childish bullshit. But uh, what, where it really gets me is where I I officially 
call him my mortal enemy is after he threatened to uh, rape my daughter in front of me. There'd be nothing I could do about it and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and that just did it for me. He's a complete piece of shit. You don't say something like that to me without, you know, I mean, eventually there's going to be a consequence for that, whether it's from me or the almighty above, but uh, yeah, he's going to have to answer for that shit. Uh, he better- well, some people's lives are, some people's lives are just so boring and pathetic that they just go and attack people and try to create drama when they don't need to be. I mean, I just, yeah. Yeah, of That's course. What I But um, I mean, the point I'm I'm getting to that is, I mean, he better hope he never crosses my path in person. <laughs> he better hope that never happens, because I'm I'm likely to lose my shit. You know. Well, I wouldn't necessarily do that, but do what these uh these uh these soldiers do, our former soldiers, when they catch stolen valor people, they just have a a camera. And uh, like a like a video camera, now you got to catch the state laws, make sure some states legal, some is not. They have a camera on their phone. They cut they cut the camera on in a public place, and then they ask them all kind of questions. And then when they can't answer them, they holler "stolen valor, stolen valor." And that's what you need to do with this guy. If he just walks away and doesn't you know doesn't deny anything that he said, then you know his shit's pretty much been exposed. Now, but what what he's known to do is he's known to pull the blind card and and he he's mastered that you know and and basically now you know if i was to do something i'd oh you must hate blind people now i mean uh regardless of what he said uh you know doesn't doesn't matter what he said what he did yeah, you know the fact that he's blind makes i must be discriminating against blind people that's you know that's a crappy hill. He's like he's like the Julius Malema of blind people. Unfortunately, you have people like that. Yeah, you know, you got you know Kyle. This takes us to Kyle Rittenhouse. Of course, a totally, totally, totally different situation. I mean, let's let's just say I just and and I thought about it too. Um, I I know you. You're probably not too familiar with K1 kickboxing, but but um, there, uh, Jerome LeBanner, he he's a huge man from France, and uh, well, he was matched up against a smaller guy, and he was just beating the hell out of him until the ref called the fight. Well, the smaller man got in his face and uh, kind of flinched at him as if he he acted he was going to hit him. Uh, what did LeBanner do? Uh, basically, he 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 cocked a big right and floored him again, and uh, they're saying, "Well, that was that was foul play. He should have been disqualified." Whatever the guy got in his face and threatened to hit him after the fight was over, and the guy, and Labana reacted. So you know, somebody comes at you with a skateboard, and somebody else is pulling a piece, and they're kicking. There, you, it's as I said. At that moment, it's law of the jungle, survival of the fittest. And, of course, he's been, now he's been dubbed a Nazi, a a white supremacist who shot three white people. You know, I mean, the original question I do ask, what was he doing there in the first place? And 
Uh, they said, why is he taking a weapon across state lines? The, from what I understand, he didn't do that. The, the weapon was handed to him when he arrived at his destination. But, uh, you know, I, I agree with the verdict 100%. He had no choice but to de defend himself. If it was them that would have ki killed him, they wouldn't Now, as far as I know, he was given that gun by one of either his, his mom or his, one of his parents or step-parents for his birthday. And yes, the footage is pretty obvious. Three people were charging at him, and one of them had a pistol in his hand. You're going to, and the state of Wisconsin allows you to use deadly force in that circumstance. If you feel threatened and your life is in danger, you can use deadly force. That's in the law. Yeah. Uh but, uh, you know, you have other people uh, who, who believe, too, that uh, the whole prosecution to begin with was nothing more than an attack on the Second Amendment. What do you think? Um, I think that's going to come to play. Um, I don't... I think that's going to come to play. I don't think this is much as an attack on the Second Amendment right now, other than not the Second Amendment. I think the whole thing was trying to set up like all the counter protesters and the people trying to protect the Kenosha area from looting and vandalism were bad and trying to uh, incite stuff and all the people protesting Jacob Blake's uh, police shooting were all good and Kyle Rittenhouse came on Tucker Carlson and said he actually supports the Black Lives Matter movement he said he believed in peaceful protesting I'm not for that movie. That's a different story for a different day. But Kyle Rittenhouse said he believed in his mind that Jacob Blake shooting shouldn't have happened. I personally believe the police acted in accordance to the law. But Kyle Rittenhouse said that when the that he was trying to stop the violent protesters from destroying a car dealership and other things in the area, and he and he was right. And he was there to try to stop the violent protesters, not the peaceful protesters. Yes, yes, I. And that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, but and but Kyle Rittenhouse, he's going to have to leave the Midwest. He doesn't know where he's going to go, which region in the U.S. He's probably not going to be able to finish high school unless he does correspondence courses. I mean, his life has basically been ruined. Yeah, he's going to live this life of obscurity, kind of like O.J. Simpson. You know, but O.J. did stuff. Kyle didn't. See, that's just the thing, though, too, is, uh, you know, the argument on O.J. Simpson is, uh, you know, we don't know it. We know that uh, he late, later committed crimes and end, ended up in Indian Springs in Nevada. Yes, we know that. But as far as the murders of uh, his ex-wife and her lover, uh, um, did he actually do it? We don't know. I mean... I mean, did he have something to do with it? I believe so. If he didn't uh, commit the crime himself, he he uh, had someone do it for him and, and paid him some good money. You know, he, I think. It, oh yeah, because one of his one of his hands was cut. There was blood in his bronco. One of the footprints matched his shoes. Now, the way the police went about it, you could argue that evidence could be inadmissible in a trial. Um, and then Mark Farman was one of the guys that found the glove, used the N-word, 
lied about it. That, I mean, that That's a whole different story. But his DNA was found within all that, even though the glove didn't fit. So if he didn't exactly do the killing, he either knew about it or he, he knew what was going on and paid somebody to do it. I mean, but uh, the end result is now is uh, it's now bet- it's now between OJ and the Almighty in the in the afterlife because only those two know the real truth now. So I mean, agreed. But, but with Kyle Rittenhouse, there was footage, and the footage clearly showed he acted in self defense. The video was a pretty open and shut case; should have never been brought to trial to begin with. Um, and even if it was brought to trial, the trial should have lasted two days. It was a media circus. And boy, wasn't wasn't that prosecuting attorney, I forget his name, but what a buffoon. What a complete, total buffoon. <laughs> and the judge acted in accordance with the law. People talking about the judge. The judge can toss out a misdemeanor case if somebody, well, a judge can toss out a misdemeanor case if a felony is if you, see, if you charge somebody with a felony and a misdemeanor, you can toss out the misdemeanor case if you're the judge. And the judge's job is to, with his job, is to is to oversee the trial and to enforce the law within the trial. And the judge said his personal opinion was it shouldn't have been brought to trial because Kyle Rittenhouse acted in accordance with the law. Oh, but the judge is a white supremacist who's taking the side of the defense. Remember that. No, the judge knows the law more than probably anyone else in that courtroom. And the judge, and it is in Wisconsin law that, I mean, murder is a state charge typically, and it is in Wisconsin law that that's not murder. I mean, whether Kyle Rittenhouse was black, blue, green, orange, it doesn't matter. I mean, he was, he acted in accordance with the law and was trying to stop people from looting a place. Um. But if you ask me too, I mean, uh, nothing against uh, people from Wisconsin, but I think they their laws are too lax. I mean, where's Jeffrey Dahmer from? And they're not gonna they're not gonna sentence him to death. Where was Ed Gein from? And they didn't sentence him to death. <laughs> oh no, that that is a problem. But on the whole, Daryl Brooks situation, Daryl Brooks, the police had a right to follow him. That is because his black ex-girlfriend, um, he's black, she's black, he ran over. He didn't try to run over. He ran over. She called the cops in the ambulance. They had, his tire marks were on her. See, and, and the and, police were following him, but even then, they, they were, tra- were showing you the traffic in the alleyways and stuff. If Daryl Brooks was really just running from the cops, he could have used many side streets where the parade was not going on. He rammed into that float trying to kill as many white people and black people who were not anti-white as possible. He has a lot of anti-Semitic stuff on his Twitter account, a lot of racist stuff. Um, the black Hebrew Israelites, which he uh, believed what they believe, they're classified as a hate group by the Anti-Defamation League and the Southern Poverty Law Center. And some, who are liberal civil rights organizations, by the way. Uh, somebody else, too, and I can't remember her name, but uh, uh, she was saying uh, what happened, uh, what Daryl Brooks did is karma after the uh, after after the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. And it's like, you know, 
I, I believe. Well, that Rachel Maddow, I don't follow her, but I know she. But she didn't mention she. She didn't mention all of Daryl Brooks's history. Daryl's typically from Wisconsin, and that's where he lived most of his life. But he lived in Vegas briefly, and he pimped an underage girl. He was a pimp in Vegas, and he pimped an underage girl for prostitution, and that is why he's a registered sex offender. But he's out on bail. You know, he he's out on bail after after committing such a heinous heinous crime. Well, the way Wisconsin is located, and I, know, I would not want to be a judge on Wisconsin or Minnesota or any of those areas because they're so close to Canada. I mean, he could flee to Canada easily, and I hope he doesn't. Um, but they, if they were going to run in bail, they need to put an ankle bracelet on him. Oh, I agree. I agree. And, and then Daryl Brooks' Twitter account just basically summed up who he was. And then now to GoFundMe's credit, GoFundMe took, would not let people try to raise money on their website for uh, the defense of Daryl Brooks. And to President Biden's credit, President Biden did say that um, he, his prayers are with the victims. And SABC, who was, I've been critical of it being like an, an ANC or South African news network, but they, they reported the Daryl Brooks case pretty objectively and, and, and didn't make Daryl Brooks out to be a martyr. And he, he wasn't. I mean, he was a hateful guy, nothing more than a black version of Samuel Bowers, who was used to be a wizard of the Klan, or a black version of, oh my gosh, um, Samuel Green. Um, he was another, he was an Atlanta phys, uh, physician that was a wizard of the Klan. And I mean, that's just Daryl Brooks was. He was a hate filled. I mean, he pimped an underage girl. He ran over his girlfriend. And then he killed and injured several people. Including. There ain't no way he should be granted bail with all his past offenses. Most judges wouldn't do that. Oh, and let's not forget, too, that uh, there are. Some of the victims are children. Can't leave that out. Yes, and one of them was a little baby. I don't between. I can't remember the exact age, but they were under three years old. And he's, you know, he's probably he's probably proud of what he did. You know that. I mean, he hasn't apologized for what he's done. And he's not, you know, and don't expect that he's not going to. He's definitely not going to apologize at all. Um, you know, and pretty much, uh, you know, you, and we've, there are people uh, coming out and saying that he did nothing wrong. Which. And these people that are coming out saying he did nothing wrong, that he was unjustly followed by the police. No, he was not. The police had probable cause to follow him because the girlfriend had called and the time, and, when she was in the hospital, from what I understand, the tire marks from the vehicle he used to kill people was the same car that matched the tire marks where he ran over his girlfriend. Wow. It's by God's amazing grace she did not sustain serious injuries when he did that. And the, it's the same vehicle. And the, looking at the map of the city, he could have turned off when he, and he chose not to. He rammed into that float, tried to kill as many people as possible. I mean, why else would you commit an act like that? Uh, you know, he it was it was an intent to kill, just like what happened in my hometown of Horseshoe Bend, Idaho. I mean, uh, that that man wanted, 
he I think he was he was looking for victims and spotted Horseshoe Bend, Idaho, a town of 700 people where you wouldn't expect any type of mass shooting. And and uh, fo- just randomly follows people that he doesn't know. Yeah, he he knew what he was doing long before he even hit my town. And you know, uh, the, he this Daryl Brooks, he he had he had a plan, a plan to hurt and kill as many people as possible. I agree with oh, you. Oh, he did, and what does concern me, I mean, you can't really stop this unless you just go all out totalitarian fascism. I don't want to live in a country like that. I'd rather I mean I'm not trying to say this, but I'd rather have a little more danger and a little more crime and live in a free country versus a nanny state. But you um I, I wonder if he's gonna get so many people that are gonna try to copycat all the bullshit that he did. And think that that's the thing to do. Um, now, the good news is I don't, I'm not so sure. Because the Ahmed Arbery case, I know you didn't touch on this. And I, I, it was a tough case. I would have never wanted to be on the jury on this one. I don't, he wasn't an innocent person, Ahmed Arbery. He wasn't just out jogging. But in Georgia, a person can make a citizen's arrest, but they have to witness the burglary firsthand. They just saw him running away. They didn't see him going to anybody's house. Um, and, the, I mean, they told the truth on the witness stand, but Ahmed Arbor did not make any threats to them or say any anti-white racial slurs when they raised the gun at him. Now, when they lowered the gun, he tried to reach for it, but he was cooperative until they lowered the gun. And I, I think the verdict was pretty pretty sound. I hate to say it. I don't think these people were racist or out to get black people, but they tried to take the law into their own hands and do some vigilante justice. They meant well, but it was just unfortunate. I mean, they meant well, but it the verdict was clear. Okay, so, so we talked about that. So what I'm saying is Ahmed Arbery's dad came out and said, all lives matter, not just black people. Um, nobody should have their lose their child before you, and, and nobody's child should go through that, regardless of color. And that since then, there have been a lot of peaceful demonstrations and a lot less violence. So I have to get Ahmed Arbery's dead credit for that. But go ahead. You no, know, um, I think I think you said you said it all right there, for, for sure, and. And his mom, too. And his mom, neither one of his parents tried to engage in any race-baiting politics throughout the whole thing. And you have to give him credit on that. And it was a, a predominantly white county where, the, where the, the trial was held. The jury was majority white, but they got a unanimous conviction. But go ahead. <laughs> you know, it just kind of feels like, too, you know, it doesn't matter what uh, the 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 crime is especially if there if somebody gets killed it doesn't matter if the victim was was black or white or the per, i'm going to say that uh, Kyle Rittenhouse was the victim and uh uh he, you know he he just fended off his attackers all three of them are white but yet yeah, he's a white supremacist and there are even people stupid enough to say that he killed he killed two black people and uh, well, uh, well, uh, all right. And then here's the thing: of the three people he killed in self-defense, one of them was a sex offender who who uh, was, yes, uh, who, 
failed to register the last year, by the way, and I believe his crime was molesting somebody under 15 years of age. Yeah, and what, another one was a domestic abuser. Uh, one of them was a domestic abuser. So if these are people you're lifting up for your civil rights causes, then you then then the civil rights organizations are have major issues, and this is not the civil rights movement that we knew in the 1960s. The civil rights movement of the 1960s would have denounced those three and would have never let them in their movement, regardless of race or color. Oh, I agree 100. percent Yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't have flown at all. Yeah, uh, you know I mean, that would have not flown for all, at all. And that's one reason Malcolm X broke away with the Nation of Islam. There, there were disagreements with Elijah Muhammad over white people versus the system. That is true, but the the the, the main reason was because there were women who came off the streets from foster homes and they ended up being pregnant out of wedlock. They were not married at the time and that was policy in the nation of Islam. If you did that, you you shamed them, you ostracized them, and you suspend them from, from mosque in the temples, I think for like six months a year. But it was determined that the father was Elijah Muhammad himself and uh, the leader of the nation of Islam. And he said he was a prophet, or that he was David, like King David, and had a right to all these wives. Well, if that was the case, then those women should have not been humiliated. You know, Malcolm, and Elijah Muhammad's son yes. confirmed to Malcolm X that it was the father was Elijah Muhammad, and had it been anybody else but Elijah Muhammad's son, Malcolm said he would have never looked into it. So what I'm getting to is that kind of behavior was denounced by civil rights leaders across the board. What those three guys, the, the three guys that Kyle Rittenhouse killed, I mean, no, that, that kind of behavior was not accepted back in the 60s during that movement, and nor should it have been. Well, you know, how you're bringing up Malcolm X, and it's interesting, too, is if he were still alive, I'm pretty sure he'd have something to say about this because he already said it, that, uh, you know, the greatest enemy to the to the black race is the white liberal, and of course, um, yeah. Well, I remember you telling me well, that, but Muhammad Ali, who was friends with Malcolm X and left the movement about the same time Malcolm X did, um, Muhammad Ali's son said, uh, who was a Trump supporter, said his dad would never have supported the racist Black Lives Matter movement. I know, I know that. Not only that, too, but I highly doubt that Muhammad Ali, or Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, or even Martin Luther King Jr. would have would support this crap that they call critical race theory. They would not support no, that. No, they wouldn't have. I, I don't think so. And and Martin Luther King, interesting that you bring him up, Martin Luther King, even in, in, in the uh, late 1960s, he denounced the black power movement. He said it was, uh, they were given into stereotypes that white races had of them, that black people were violent people, that all of them were, which is not true, but the violence in the black power movement, he said, just, just gives into that stereotype. You know, and then, and if you read Dr. King's personal writings, he was not a fan of the Black Power movement. But go ahead. Also, if you look at too, uh, what what that uh, what that fucking idiot uh, got, uh, Daryl, uh, what's his name? And now I can't remember. <laughs> what was that? Daryl Brooks. Yeah, Daryl Brooks Jr. Yes. You know, there's something he put up on Twitter too with. Uh, Martin Luther King's picture up in the corner, and, I, and I'm thinking, how you, how dare you dishonor that man? 
How, how dare yeah, well, you? you talk about that, but like Jacob Blake, what I was getting to is he would have not been, he, well, he kind of wasn't a fan of Malcolm X or Martin Luther King, and he admits that Jacob Blake's father, who's been vocal and calling for violence and stuff, he admits he's an admirer of Louis Farrakhan and that branch of the Nation of Islam, the branch that Malcolm X denounced, and um, Betty Shabazz, Malcolm's daughter, believes that Louis Farrakhan I'm, I'm not laughing, it's more like a silap, believes that Louis Farrakhan was behind Malcolm X's assassination. Um, it's not beyond reasonable doubt evidence, but Farrakhan made a lot of statements saying whether if he was, that Malcolm deserved to be killed or killed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, just be- go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, just because, uh, just because Malcolm X went to the Middle East and... Uh, and found that uh, there were white Muslims that he could get along with just as well, you know, and uh, they and they, they prayed together and drank from the same cup and all that, you know. Oh, no, but with the black Muslims, that's a big no-no. Uh, the, the honorable, so-called honorable Elijah Muhammad isn't going to put up with that bullshit. No, it's a, he, you know, didn't follow what... Uh, there, there's the, the black Muslims, and then there are Muslims. You know, just just like there's the Muslims and there's the Taliban. There's the Muslims, and then there's Al Qaeda. You know, you know what I'm saying? Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I know what you're saying. And and Malcolm X predicted his own death that he didn't know when or where, but that somebody from the Nation of Islam was gonna, um, was gonna kill him, and basically that's what happened. I mean, Elijah Muhammad had him killed. Oh, oh no. Uh, according to somebody else who told me, uh, the, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that Brother Malcolm was not to be touched. I'm like, uh, where are you getting your bullshit? Uh, well, the assassins that got arrested said Elijah Muhammad sent them. Now, it was Elijah's word against their word. I mean, they didn't have beyond reasonable doubt evidence, but... As many as much threats as Malcolm X got um, after leaving that movement, you could tell uh, more than likely Elijah Muhammad did. I don't know if it's enough. It wouldn't be enough to prosecute him in court over it, but it, it, as far as the the mind, though, I believe he did. Well, that should also go to tell you too what kind of slime bag uh, Elijah Muhammad was, because uh, you know he. He he sends in people to go in and do his dirty work, and and then rolls over on him. Oh, oh, he was a dirtbag, and for many many years until the early two thousands, Louis Farrakhan did not deny his involvement in the assassination of Malcolm X. Well, well, Louis, I mean, Louis Louis Farrakhan's a fucking moron anyway. I've always thought that of him. So he's oh oh he he is, but I'm just saying for for many many years he didn't deny it. He he has made statements saying Malcolm deserved to die, regardless if he had anything to do with it or not. Um, so that's that, that's pretty crazy. But yeah, and that's the kind of ideology that Errol Brooks had, basically. And th- and this is something that people need to realize. And saying that Daryl Brooks is a martyr or it's it's payback. No, it's not. That's not the stuff that Martin Luther King or or even Malcolm X preached. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Well, Brett, I had—I hate to say it, uh, we're out of time for the segment, though. I just want to give you a chance to plug your YouTube before we go to the music set coming up here. All right, uh, my YouTube channel is the same as my name, Brett Sessoms. I have um, 
over a thousand subscribers, and I talk about issues uh, ranging from South Africa to South Korea to Japan. Um, mostly, uh, it's news out of Africa, but I do cover events in America as well. I've covered Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, and I'm going to be making videos about the Daryl Brooks situation as well, as well as the new uh, COVID variant that has uh, evolved in Southern Africa. So, yes. um, glad to be on the show. All right. Well, thank you so much. You take care. You take care, too, Billy. Take care. Bye-bye. And ladies and gentlemen, there you have the discussion with Brett Sessoms out of Mississippi. Agree or disagree, whatever you wish. All right, it's time to go to the next music set. Coming up, we have Conniption Fit, and will be followed by Louise Warren, Yard Call, The Boogeyman, and Scuzz Twitley. Be right back after this. How dare you and who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen, because we always ask... Do you mind if I fart? You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan. Go through is the fire you make. 
That poor group of bastards that are forced to endure this insipid event year after year. You poor bastards. And honestly, I can see why they hate the holiday. It's become this annoying chore everyone is obligated to participate in. You're obligated to tolerate family and friends. You're obligated to put up with fellow classmates or co-workers. You're obligated to decorate your entire home with gaudy lights and inflatable gnomes. And it's downright demanded of you to buy everyone something. Yeah, that might be feasible if I was like an oil czar on crack. But unfortunately, I'm on a fixed income and my holiday cheer isn't dictated by an ingestible platter of festive contraband. So forgive me if I'm not hemorrhaging gifts while my veins burst from holiday cheer. Aside from the mass holiday hysteria these humbuggers have to put up with, they now also have to deal with a plethora of overly cheerful jizzwads all up in their face saying, Hey, where's your holiday spirit, huh? Or, don't be such a Scrooge, it's Christmas! You know... If someone comes off like they're a Scrooge, it's probably because their Christmas bonus wasn't an extra bottle of Valium and a case of liquor. And speaking of holiday spirits, you've had your fill. Put the bottle down and stop spewing your holiday cheer all over my carpet. And that's another thing. Why does every motherfucker on the planet have to use Christmas as an excuse to get shit-faced? This irks me the most. Because anytime someone invites me to a holiday party, it's just a bunch of douchebags with holiday hats falling all over each other while an alcohol-induced slut runs around with mistletoe strapped to her vagina. Sorry, folks. Not my kind of holiday. I'd rather wait for Santa to bring me something a little more useful than general warts in a grab bag of STDs. Clowns. So, for this holiday season, be mindful of those who don't care about it. Leave them the fuck alone. And if they don't have the holiday spirit, it's probably because overdeveloped cocksnots such as yourself have ruined the holiday year after year by making it a materialistic gift-waving bar fight. Shut up. Leave them alone, and take that stocking hung with the greatest of care off the fireplace, and put it over your fucking head! Piss the season to go play with some plastic bags, motherfucker! It's a humbugger holiday, which means there's no cheer, and you've overstayed your welcome merely by showing up. Go home. I'll be where I've always been You traveled far and wide And landed here again And I thought that it would be Easier for me this year But it's not when I know that you are here In that house with me Since you saw me last 
Juice cocktail 
You've been bad, you naughty lass. Santa's gonna spank your ass. Santa Claus is coming soon. Fa la 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 la. Bringing gifts for chill in June. Fa la 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 la. If you're good and you don't gag, Santa empties out his bag. Toss and present, Santa's reckless. Fa la 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 la. Hope you like your new pearl necklace. Fa la 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 la. One for Debbie and Lenore. Santa's candy cane is sore. Christmas time has reached an end. See you next year. Bring a friend. Left-wing community organizers and campus radicals in Idaho are still up to their dirty tricks, teaching Idaho kids from cradle to college that white people are inherently racist. Now, these left-wing nuts are taking the whole race thing to a whole new level with critical race theory. According to critical race theory, teaching children math, arithmetic, is racist. Shakespeare, Shakespeare, racist. Can you say ridiculous? Malcolm X warned against critical race theory. It's very harmful. It's wrong. And the leftist nuts teaching this stuff to our children know it. Join Idaho Freedom Action to put an end to this leftist takeover of education in Idaho. Join the fight against the teaching of critical race theory to Idaho's youngsters. Visit IdahoFreedomAction.org today. IdahoFreedomAction.org at some point, you're going to want to consider this. If a national emergency or a natural disaster or even civil unrest should occur, where would you go? Seriously, where? Heading into the sticks with some MREs in a tent might be all right for a week or two, but then what? And who's around you? Who can help you if you need it? And how long would you last without the security and comfort of your own home? If you've asked yourself these questions, consider X-Points. Located in the beautiful Black Hills of South Dakota, a limited number of military-grade hardened shelters originally built by the U.S. government. 80 feet long, 26 feet wide, 12 and a half foot ceilings that you can custom build out to your own tastes. X-Point, a nine square mile city of like-minded people who know that the best way to deal with the disaster is to distance yourself from it. If you've always wanted a real bug out bunker with the amenities of home, send an email to brendy at arcmidnight.com or text to 817-900-2424. X-Point, X marks your spot. Chaz Mitchell Custom Hats makes and sells custom hats with a Western influence. These hats are not cheesy, one-size-fits-all, except they're not cowboy hat knockoffs. Chaz Mitchell will custom design and build a genuine hat just for you, the way you want it. Chaz will actually measure your head, talk with you about the hat you desire, make it, and deliver it to you. You'll make a statement every time you put on your hat. Originally from Jigs, Nevada, Chaz Mitchell grew up cowboy and alongside his father, Waddy Mitchell. They built their first hats together at a workshop in Elko, Nevada. Chaz recalls his father once telling him, make a hat he would be proud to wear. After years of practice and studying hats and their owners, Chaz knows what makes a good hat maker. It's understanding that a hat doesn't only fit the circumference of the head, but also the personality of the owner. Get in touch with Chaz today, and he'll build you a hat you will be proud to wear. Visit Chaz Hats. That's C-H-A-Z-H-A-T-Z dot com. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to announce that Outlaw Radio officially has affiliation with We The People Holsters. If you own a handgun, then you know you need the perfect holster to go with it. We The People Holsters are made right here in the USA by gun nerds who are not afraid to support our Second Amendment. Whether you want Kydex or leather, We The People Holsters has just what you need. We The People Holsters is the preferred option of professionals throughout the law enforcement industry as well as those serving in the branches of the armed forces. Simply go to www.outlawradioabs.com, go to the store section, and click on the We The People Holsters banner to select the holster that's perfect for you. Don't wait. Get your holster from We The People Holsters today. Ammon Bundy is willing and ready to fight for all Idahoans for your constitutional rights and your property rights. Small business owners are the lifeblood of any free economy. Socialism is a political and economic theory of social organization which advocates that the means of production, distribution, and exchange, businesses, should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole, the state. Socialism is force and is the gateway to communism. Let us not be socialists. Ammon Bundy is endorsed by Ron Paul and Roger Stone. This is Roger Stone. You see, Eamon Bundy is not the wild-eyed radical that the fake news media tries to brand him as, but he is a constitution-loving conservative, a family man, and a Christian. I'm Congressman Ron Paul. He's a strict constitutionalist, and I know he would make a great governor. Vote Ammon Bundy for governor of Idaho. Visit VoteBundy.com and keep Idaho, Idaho. Building in a little hick town. This is Outlaw Radio. I'm not in the mood to deal with you today, you stupid asshole! All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, Gear Up, Let's Train, and Neutronics IGF 1, Making Men Men Again. The songs you just heard. You just heard Deck My Balls by Scuzz Twitley. Before that, The Boogeyman with Pussy Juice Cocktail. Before that, Yard Call with Bonfire Barbie. Before that, Louise Warren with Christmas Memories. And starting off the whole set, Conniption Fit with Eyes of Pompeii. Probably the best song I picked out of that out of that whole lot right there. Alright. So, it is that time, the end of the show, and finally, Stephen James, the icon, is back. It is time for the Steve Solution. The best advice I can give you, if you've got a good job, stay in it. If you are, in fact, in a position where you have a decent job, don't fuck that up. And if you are not in a great job, keep looking, and when one comes available that you are qualified for, or even close to qualified for, go apply, interview, do whatever you can to get into a better position. This is The Steve Solution with Stephen James on Outlaw Radio. What's up there, boys and girls? Stroke be damned, we are back in full force. I know we were back last week, actually, but... Actually, this seems actually you weren't because I, I had 
I had to uh, I had to do some. I wanted to give you a little bit more time, but uh, no, the uh, the listeners are fully aware that uh, I didn't say what happened to you, but I did say that uh, you were kind of uh, oh on a uh, medical leave to say the least. Well, uh, I'll go ahead and tell you guys and girls right now. I'm not ever going to lie to you. I'm always going to put it out there on Front Street. I tell the truth no matter what, even if it's embarrassing to me. So if you hear a little bit of an offness in my voice, let's just face it. I had a stroke, a very minor one. I'm recovering nicely. I'm already back at work. I'm back at work here on Outlaw Radio. So we'll leave it at that. Um, those fans that uh, were aware of that, that have sent me emails and messages on the uh, Steve Solution Outline, thank you guys very much. But let's get back into the people's business. This week, we are talking about book banning. Kind of goes in and little, Doesn't it kind of go hand in hand with this fucking cancel culture bullshit? Very much. But this is one of the rare occasions that to a certain extent, I'm going to agree a little bit with the left on. And that doesn't happen very often, but what it does, I'm going to own up to it. And I mean, my personal feeling, either you ban all books or you ban no books. Simple as that. There's no iffy middle ground on either side of the aisle. Either every book is allowed or no books are allowed. Well, kind of kind of thinking about it, too. If you remember the big old book barbecue that the Nazis had. Well, they had several of those, as a matter of fact. Yes. But, I mean, it's, you know, that was in the 1940s. We're talking about 2021, and there are still books being banned. I don't understand that in any way, shape, or form. Well, you know. Well, of course, the one thing, one thing, if it's, if it's a hustler magazine being distributed to kids under the age of 10, I kind of have a problem with that, which there's some cases of some of bullshit like that going on here in Idaho. I hadn't heard about that one. Yeah. But, but uh, I mean, let's see. I, I know you like, look, you, you don't mind looking at a hustler. I don't mind looking at a hustler. I've, there's looked at more than a few in my day, and uh, a lot of them were around, well, not 10, but uh, around 12 and 13. I was quite the fan of them. But uh, I think I have a problem with it when uh, school teachers are giving them to kids. I had not heard about that. Can you give me some more detail on that? Because I, that- I actually have to, uh, I have to talk to somebody about that. Uh, in fact, I, I, Kayla Dunn, um, well, I know that uh, my language is a bit colorful, uh, you know, for your preference, but 
you uh, addressed this a little bit in a YouTube video, so I think we need to have a chat about this. It's not necessarily the fact of um, word, verbatim of what I said that a Hustler magazine is being distributed to kids by a teacher, but she did say pornography being distributed by the school. So, And I think I do have a problem with that. Well, when I'm talking about banning books, I'm not talking about you know giving children explicit visual depictions of anything. Yes, I know. I'm I'm not saying you know, because you know Hustler is one of those magazines that actually does show not only full frontal nudity but they do show penetration and various other sex acts. I'm not. I don't think anybody is on board with that. And if they are, that's, that's another argument for another time. I'm talking about just the written word on paper. That's nothing other than that. And it is going to shock some people that I actually happen to agree with the left on some of these and disagree with the right. Because, like I said, either you ban all books or you ban no books. The number one book that is banned in every school, I believe, across the country that I happen to agree with should be banned is, any guesses? Don't tell me the Bible. Oh, God. <laughs> all right. I, I think the Bible should be available in every school library. All right. All right. I, th I was going to say, oh, no, no, not the Bible. Because no. The one that the left has gotten banned from, I think, almost every, if not every, school library is Mein Kampf. Okay. That one, yeah. Because I, can, I can agree there's... No, I disagree. I think it should be available and not because of I or not to say that I agree with anything in that book because I disagree with everything that is said. However, for doing reports on anything historical, you should be able to look at both sides and be able to report what is historically written. That's the yeah. only reason I say things like that. If you want to give an accurate report, yeah, give a, a shine light on both sides, regardless of how much you disagree with one side. Yeah, I can, I can understand that. And that's my only point on that. You know, you're doing a report on World War II or, or Hitler or, you know, Germany in general during that time frame. You should be able to reference that and go, this is what that crazy motherfucker believed. True. And that is my only defense on keeping that particular volume. And I do think there should be a memorandum on that. It should only be allowed to be checked out with the permission of the parents of the student, period. You know, I want to point something out, too, before you, uh, you go further, Stephen, is uh, my good friend over in South Africa, Willem Betzer. There's a photograph of him holding that book. 
And of course, immediately, the radical left over there sees that, oh, Nazi, 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 I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. Yeah, we got him this of course. time. But the reason why he's reading that book is because Julius Malema is basically following Hitler step by step, um, basically, you know, wanting to, wanting to get that uh, Holocaust going on for the white people in South Africa. So... You know, he's he's following Hitler step by step, so he's got to read Mein Kampf in order to stay ahead of, of, in the game to make sure, okay, let's, uh, let's make sure we uh, sidestep this certain attack that he plans to launch. That's the only reason why, is so he can educate himself on what the enemy's about to do. Yeah, I'll tell you, that book in particular, and I will be the first person to say, like I said, I'm not ever going to lie to the listeners. I've read it, and there's some disturbing shit in there, obviously. And it gives a brilliant insight into the psychotic nature of racists and Zionists. And also, uh, it, what's important about that book, too, let's think to uh, our mentor, Stephen, the, the, the one mentor for me, you, and Tommy Coolwater, Sin Tzu. What did he say? If you know yourself and you know your enemy, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. I mean, it's, you know, one of the greatest phrases ever uttered was, those who do not learn about history are doomed to repeat it. You can't just pick and choose the history you want to learn about. You need to learn everything. Yes. Just like, you know, what, the, what they're doing in South Africa, obviously they didn't learn a damn thing from the disaster in Zimbabwe. And then, no, but, you know, they did learn how to, you know, keep people from stealing diamonds out of the diamond, you know, <laughs> mines. And then, of course, you got Bernie Sanders. Well, we're going to do communism right. <laughs> so, Let me tell you something, my friend. We're going to do communism, but we're going to do it right. Everything. Jesus fucking Christ. Everything is free. Yeah, everything's free. Except that, you know, somebody's got to pay for it. We're going to we're gonna make the rich pay for it. We're going to tax the rich. That's the way to do it. Tax the rich. Yeah, yeah I, don't see, I don't see him ponying up a bunch of his money. No, and I just remember a couple of weeks ago, yeah, capitalism is such a horrible, horrible system. What? And Bernie made so many millions off that book he wrote. What did that make him? I believe uh, last I checked, a multi-millionaire. No, I mean between a communist and a capitalist. Well, it makes him a, you know, lucky son of a bitch because I don't know who the, I you know, I don't know anyone, speaking of banning books, I don't know anyone who's read that book and yet he sold a lot of copies And I am friends with, you know, a good many liberals. I have not met one person, including Bernie Sanders supporters, 
that have said, hey, have you actually read his book? He you know, makes some good points here. No, I've not met one. Even his supporters aren't reading his book. So who's buying copies of the book? I'm going to guess the lobbyists and everything that are paying for his shit. Now, um, and a few diehards. So wh- what other books do you, uh, do you think they're uh, trying to remove from the shelf? Uh, it's not even actually what I think you'd be just a second here to pull this up. Hmm. My computer will cooperate with me. Uh, let's see. Banding challenged books. There we go. So recently, uh, and the reason I actually wanted to talk about this, and this is, you know, now it is, you know, several weeks old, but obviously I had medical issues and the holidays and everything else. So uh, in Virginia and also uh, Northern Pennsylvania, I believe, uh, the school boards in those areas banned uh, a particular couple of books, and I'm trying to find the name for them. Well, while you're on, um, on that subject, too, I can think of something else, too, and it's mentioned right here in the ad for uh, for I- Idaho Free- Freedom Action, which is uh, obviously Shakespeare is... Well, I think that's a little too early in time to call that racist, but they definitely say he's misogynist and shouldn't be reading Shakespeare, of course. I try to get through that fucking language that it's written in, and I'm like, fuck. Oh, I love Shakespeare. But, uh, well, I mean, most of those stories, I think, are just quite boring. Like, I couldn't stomach Romeo and Juliet. I couldn't stomach Julius Caesar. I couldn't stomach Hamlet. But surprisingly, I did have an interest in Macbeth. That was a great story. I found that yeah, Hamlet especially is personally my favorite, but, you know, to each their own. Um, conservatives wa- are wanting to ban books. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's a memoir called Fun Home by Allison uh, Bechdel, Bechdel, and Boys Aren't Blue, a book of essays about growing up gay by George M. Johnson in Florida. A member of the school board actually filed a criminal report over the presence of All Boys Aren't Blue in her school a library or a child school library, I should say, claiming it violated state obscenity laws. See, that that's a bunch of bullshit. Now, I mean, there's a certain age, I think, on certain books, but there's no reason to take it out of the hands of somebody who wants, uh, especially an adult who wants to read it. Well, I mean, you know, typically speaking, these books that you know people are wanting to ban are typically uh, 
books that are in uh, mostly high school, but some junior high uh, libraries. Uh, but actually, here we go. Uh, I have the top 10 most challenged books of 2020. There is one called George by Alex Gino. Uh, it was challenged and banned and restricted for LGBTQI. God damn, those are a lot of letters. Alphabet and, soup. Just say alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> and I had a fucking stroke, so good luck with that shit. Uh, for content and conflicting with religious views and re not reflecting the values of our community. Uh, there is stamped racism and uh, anti-racism. That's a new word I haven't heard. And you by Ibram X, Kindy, and Jason Reynolds. And for uh, the author's public statements and because of the claims of the book, their content contains selective storytelling incidents and uh, does not encompass racism against all people. I don't know what that means. I'm guessing that one is some fucking white Karen somewhere bitching. And again, you know, those type of people ain't happy unless they have something to bitch about. You know that. Oh, absolutely true. But the one, uh, and I've got some more to get to here, but the ones that get to me personally, and I forget the author's name, so forgive me for that, uh, but he has written a long series of children's books called I Am, and then, you know, insert name here, basically. Uh, the two that were recently banned in northern Pennsylvania where the author got personally involved in unbanning these books were two books called one uh, I am Rosa Parks and the second one was I am Martin Luther King because they were not inclusive enough and did not quote unquote accurately portrayal racism these are books designed for elementary kids from, you know, like kindergarten to age, they're grade three, maybe four. These are simple, little nice children's books. He's written several other books like I'm George Washington, I'm Amelia Earhart, I'm Abraham Lincoln, all that kind of stuff. What could possibly be in a book? for little kids about historical figures that should be banned. Nothing. And, you know, granted, they were successfully able to, you know, unban these books and get them back on the shelves where young children should be able to read them and learn about significant historical figures. No. I mean, I, I don't think there's anybody out there that has 
you know, any argument about Rosa Parks. She very simply just, you know, took a stand against racism by just saying, you know, fuck no, I'm tired. I ain't getting up. And I, and I ain't walking all the way to the back of the fucking bus. Damn straight. And I, I, if you want to argue with me that, you know, she's not an American hero, then I'll take any argument there on that because she is. The only thing I, um, I'm going to argue with here is that incident here in Idaho where that, that lady tore down the, uh, tore down the, the uh, yellow tape at the park so her kids can play. And I do agree, you know, with all this COVID horse shit. You know, it's so it's so ridiculous. But she went to the park, tore down the uh, tape, and then and then uh, they've got it painted that the that the cops arrested her for that. But truth be told, I saw the whole video. She got in the cop's fucking face and said, "Go ahead, arrest me." Even and the cop said, "I don't want to arrest you, but please leave the park." And she she put her hands behind her back and said, "Go ahead, arrest me." And she's being no. she's being dubbed the white. Rosa Parks. No, that's she's a fuck. She's a fucking buffoon. And that's you know where real fucking Republicans differ from right wing nut job fucking Karens and uh, what's what are they calling the male equivalent these days? I don't fucking. <laughs> uh, well, whatever it is, the male Karen. You know, like the same idiots that you know, fucking bombarded the fucking Capitol earlier this year. Well, I've got, you know, my, I've got my own argument on that, and I'm going to say that that was all perpetrated by the left to make us look bad, but that's my argument. Well, uh, I mean, I don't actually know anyone personally that was involved in that, but I am a friend of a friend of someone that was there who didn't rush the Capitol. You know, he yeah. I mean, there's, he literally had to be interviewed by the FBI because he was wearing a GoPro and all this shit, and you know, had footage of it. But yeah, I mean, that, oh, it, no, oh no, but to, January sixth. I mean, that was right there. That January sixth was a mess before that even started. And uh, yeah, there, uh, Tina Forte. She had video as as. She, Soon as she arrived in Washington, there were two by fours and propane tanks uh, along the side of the street. Now, what the fuck's up with that? So, uh, I completely agree. The fact you know they incited the riot, but you know, decent Republicans everywhere, no matter how outraged you are, uh, no real patriots don't do that. No, absolutely not. First off. Any real patriot would never, ever, ever desecrate public property, period, or private property for that matter. Anyway, we, we only have a few minutes left, so we better get to what else you want to talk about here. Got, got about five minutes. Well, uh, I, mean, I can give you a list of books, but in the end, it really doesn't matter. The point of the entire conversation is simply this. Either you ban no books, and I mean books, not pornographic magazines. There's a difference, people. 
But, you know, if you want the book with the, you know, gay sex scenes and all that shit in there, you know what? Quite frankly, I'm a proponent of free speech. It's in. At the same time, again, for historical purposes and being able to accurately, you know, write a report because that's what the school library is for. It's not there for pleasure reading. It's there to do reports. Then books like Mein Kampf should be in there. If only to show just how stupid those motherfuckers are. So, on one hand, I agree with, with the left, and I don't do that very often. Yeah, you need to unban, you know, the books that they're stating, but you also need to unban every single book that the left is saying should be banned. No book should be banned ever. I agree. I agree. Well, anyway, yeah, we are just about out of time. So uh, have you thought, real quick, have you thought about uh, what we should be discussing next week, or is this a I to be continued? absolutely have, actually. I'm wondering uh, where my shipment of cold cock whiskey is. <laughs> no, but uh, real quick, uh, have you been able to give a testimony on uh, our new affiliate, uh, We the People Holsters? Because... I know. Uh, not yet. It, it has uh, not arrived at the time of this recording, but hopefully by next week uh, when we record the show, I will be most likely wearing it. So I'm very happy and excited that that is coming. Yes. As far as next week's show, maybe we should have did this one today. Uh, mostly because the date that we're recording this is uh, November 26th, a.k.a. Black Friday here in the U.S. But I just want to have some fun next week. Let's talk about the dumb shit people do on Black Friday. Oh, I'll I'll definitely. I'm down for that because I've seen it. (laughs) Oh, me too. All right. So that's going to do it for this show. Uh, this edition of Outlaw Radio, I should say. Um, what's on the agenda for next week? Well, we, we have uh, Steve's solution planned out, but as for the rest of it, is yet to be determined. All right, so we're going to end the show with Prime Minister Pete Nice with Rat Bastard. Thank you very much for tuning in to Outlaw Radio, and I shall be back next week. Peace out. Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's why you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to piss up a rope. We give you our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what? This is Outlaw Radio. Come on up and face to face, and I'll meet you at the bar. Hey! I'll cut your belly open. You dirty, rotten, red basset. You dirty, rotten, red basset. You dirty, rotten, red basset. It rubs the lotion on its skin and dust as it ever its toe. It rubs the lotion on its skin and dust as it ever its toe.
Hey everyone, Bad Billy here. Do you own a business? Or perhaps you're in a band. Or maybe you run a radio show or podcast. Whatever you do, you want to market your brand with custom-made apparel. Look no further than fresh-baked tees. T-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, caps, beanies, koozies, banners, and even masks. You can get them all custom-made from Fresh Baked Tees. Prices are reasonable and negotiable. Simply go to freshbakedtees.com, submit your logo, and place your order today. Support Outlaw Radio and Friends and buy some cool stuff in the store section of OutlawRadioABS.com. Get Outlaw Radio t-shirts and hats. In the CTM store, a service of Caravan to Midnight, find items to help make your life easier and better, including the new Eden Nutritional Support System. Check out We the People holsters, made in America by gun nerds who are not afraid to support and stand up for their Second Amendment rights. Click on the We the People holsters banner in the Outlaw Radio store. Get the best night sleep in the whole wide world and more with Mike Lindell's MyPillow pillows and other products. Click on the MyPillow banner in the Outlaw Radio store use promo code OUTLAW and save up to 66%. Visit My Patriot Supply and purchase buckets of food with a 25 year shelf life. In the Cranked Up Coffee Shop, a service of Cranked Up Live. Entertain your taste buds with coffee that even the aficionados love. Visit OutlawRadioABS.com and click on the store link. A service of Outlaw Radio and AOW Productions. You've heard the phrase, America's most loved brands. And what exactly did our loyalty to some of those most loved brands get us? I'll tell you what, money and lots of it. For organizations and their ideologies that directly conflict with American core values and the American way of life. Enter Etruzu.com, a place for patriots to buy and sell. You can open your own online store for as little as $25 per month and grow your business as big as you want. Buy from patriots and sell to patriots. Everything from ordinary household items to absolutely anything that's available from companies that do not have our country's best interests at heart. With Etruzu.com, you know who you're buying from and you know who you're selling to. Let's make your brand one of America's most loved. Get started at etruzu.com. E-T-R-U-Z-O-O.com. Etruzu, a place where patriots buy and sell. If the COVID-19 shot is safe and effective, then why are 20% of healthcare workers refusing to get it? If the COVID-19 injection is safe and effective, then why is big tech silencing anyone who opposes it? If the COVID injection is safe and effective, then why is our federal government's reporting system recording over 14,000 deaths from the vaccine and an additional 650,000 plus serious adverse reactions? If the COVID shot is safe and effective, then why did Dr. Gert Vandenbosch recognized as one of the world's chief vaccine experts, risk his entire career and his reputation to plead with the medical community to immediately halt all COVID-19 vaccinations, calling mass COVID vaccinations an uncontrollable monster. Doesn't sound very safe and effective. Maybe it's time to call a spade a spade. At no time in history have the people forcing others into compliance been the good guys. Paid for by Ammon Bundy for governor. VoteBundy.com 
Hi, it's the Big Voice Guy. The one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too. No matter if the message is serious or silly. Whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narrations for presentations, even post-production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt voiceovers and audio services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. You have been listening to Outlaw Radio. Be sure to leave your feedback by calling 208-957-7016. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at outlawradioabs.com. Outlaw Radio is a presentation of AOW Productions.